listeners, you're listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Nightmare Junkhead! With Genius McGee and Greg D. I'm Gigi Saul Guerrero from Lucha Gore Productions. Ah! Gore is love, baby. Ah! Weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that is always styling and profiling. Oh, yeah. My, my name is Greg D. <laughs> and I'm Genius McGee, motherfuckers. <laughs> and on today's episode, we are getting stylish and welcoming back a returning guest whose last name I can finally pronounce correctly, and goddammit if I'm not proud of it. Mm-hmm. But before we go any further, let me remind you all, we are part of the ever-expanding Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. And you can find all of our past episodes over at BoomHowdy.com, or if you're like me and you like to listen to us on the go, simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud app, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. I'll open your cray hole. Damn right. And then don't forget, guys, you can also find us over on Facebook. Like us at Nightmare Junkhead. Keep it 100. And you can follow all of our nightmare shenanigans. This is going to fall apart so quickly. <laughs> and speaking of nightmare shenanigans, let me remind you guys, if you're in the Kansas City area, May 23rd at Tap King, mm-hmm. we are doing our fifth Monday Mystery Movie Night. Yes, Summer Camp Slashers. And it's only appropriate to talk about it here on Nightmare Junkhead because we are going to be screening, as Genius said, a mm-hmm. Summer Camp Slasher. It is not... Friday the 13th. Nope. It is not The Burning. Nope. It is not even Madman. Nope. What could it be? You've got to show up to find out, but let mm-hmm. me guarantee you this. You, there's going to be some talking points. You're going to want to talk. Because after movie. we screen the film, we do record a live episode of the Nerds of Nostalgia podcast where you do get involved on it. And I am going to be uh, showing up in 80s era appropriate camp counselor clothing. Mm-hmm. We're talking short shirt, short shorts, short shirt. High knee top with yep. the socks. It's yep. it's bound to make you, you vomit. I'm not going to lie. It's not going to be a pretty combination. Cause <laughs> but come anyway. I'd like to think we're doing the William <laughs> Castle anyway. thing. Right. Just, you know, enhancing all the uh, the environments or, in there. Or the Gallagher thing. <laughs> Instead of the splatter zone up front, it'll be more of the you don't want to see what's flashing between the... Yeah, it's not going to be pretty. Uh, and then the next night on May 24th at the Alamo Draft House, we're continuing our horror show series... All horror, all 35 millimeter, and we're going to be screening one of my all-time favorite movies, especially, I can easily say it's my all-time favorite horror movie of the 80s, 1985's Fright Night for Real. Get to see, and I'm probably going to like make out with the screen when I see Chris Sarandon all in his <laughs> turtlenecks and the scarves, and yeah. I'm just Jerry Dandridge, I'm drawn to him, but you guys, it's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to have a Jerry Dandridge dance-off. <laughs> the dance-off? <laughs> like Jerry, Jerry Dandridge. The Jerry Dandridge dance-off. That's hard to say. That's really hard to Jerry say. Jerry Dandridge dance-off. Yeah, but you did it well, I'm impressed. Motherfuckers. But we're also going to have vintage trailers, and we're actually going to then be showing what we're going to be screening in the month of June, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to tell you what it is yet but you know hopefully you're ready to party yeah when it comes to that movie okay guys so we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here we have a returning guest on the episode on the podcast here i'm very excited to have her back here um she is a writer director producer editor actor she is the founder of six tape productions which might be changing its name and she's a goth gangster princess she's a goth gangster princess say yeah. it right goth gangster princess <laughs> welcome back to the podcast for the second time jill gavargazian 
What's up? What's up? <laughs> Better recognize. You know, shout out to your homies out on the west side, is it? Um, east side, yo. East side shit. The East Mall's up here. <laughs> I'm wearing a crown tonight. I feel special. Honestly, if anyone is following you on any of your social media go to, outlets, go to you'll, all uh, of my social media outlets, and you'll see the crown. Yeah, and, and you'll see what we're talking about. <laughs> and the beauty is, what's great is, I know there are going to be some people listening there and go, "Oh shit, I saw that when it was happening." Because we're <laughs> we're recording on a Tuesday night. This episode mm-hmm. will drop like it's hot. Did oh, I do that right? Did yes. I do that right? Yes. Bravo. Thank you. Thank Bravo. you. I'm a little Midwest gangster. Um, it'll be dropping on that Friday. So, Jill, where can they find you out on the social media? Those that aren't all familiar, the all the places <laughs> on Twitter uh, six, at six tape two X's at Jill six at the stylist film at Slaughter Movie House. Wait, at Slaughter M House. Mm. I have a million accounts. I and know. Then, How do you keep up with um, all those? Jill six on Instagram, and then all the same things on Facebook. It's a job on its own. That's why people hire PR people and marketing teams. I'm like, I do that for five organizations, like things that I run. And nonstop, too. And you do it well, though, because you're constantly keeping everyone updated, which is pretty rad. That's like like one thing I do really understand. Um, And people that don't take advantage of it, I'm like, dude, there's just so much you can, so much you can get from connecting on social media. It's insane. You can find so many screenings all over the world. Mm hmm. I mean, it's, it's crazy. You know the horror community? It's, we're everywhere. And we all like we manage to all know each other, whether we're in Canada or Japan or here. And that's what I love the fact that, and we talked about it on the last episode, but you're, you've got a really large following over in Japan, man. What was that like when you initially realized that your brand, your style, if you will, has expanded beyond merely us in the Midwest? I don't know if I am actually oh, come big on. over there. Come on. Um, I don't know. We, we, the Call Girl got into the Scream Queen Film Festival, which is for all female-directed stuff also. And uh, they also they tour their stuff afterwards. So I think this guy... How did I get Hero to... Hero. Hero. He uh, reviewed Call Girl first, and then his friend drew a tiny little thing, and then we turned it into a comic, and really that's probably what's the biggest thing. It's rad, though. I mean, you get and to now, see... Now they've done one for El Gigante. I saw that. And he's doing tons of fan art for just all kinds of stuff. Like he did one for Banjo, just like a poster. All, just, he's going crazy. He's expanding awesome. off y'all, yeah. He, well, he knows good shit when he sees mm-hmm. it. So, well, the last time you were on, you were, um, we were talking about Call Girl and how everything went. And you were kind of given snippets and teasers of your next film, which was The Stylist. Which, a lot has happened since you were last on. Can you kind of catch us, get us up to date with everything that's going on with The Stylist? That you can talk about, I should say. Yes. Um, when was the last time? When did we record that? Like, Ooh. At least probably three months ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like it wasn't even finished at that point. So we were, we actually went back and kind of redid all of our sound design over the winter because we knew we had some time. And I also, I didn't think we would get into a festival till like midsummer or, or fall. And then we wrapped it up like March 28th. And maybe a few days later, we found out we got into Ethereum Film Night. Bravo. Bravo. And that, like, I screamed and cried <laughs> and then realized we have so much to do because I didn't expect, like, we were like, we'll still have like months before we play somewhere or like before we even hear from anybody. Um, so we had a lot to do. Like, we had a month to get like the trailer done we hadn't even started on. 
which is now out. Yes, and the trailer has dropped. Yeah, trailer is good too. Uh, thank you. Um, we just had because we had finished the movies done, but you, you, there's still so much to do. You've got to like make the right format they want, and then mail it. It's just it's like nonstop. When you think the movie, the creative decisions are done, the movie is a done piece, but you still have a million things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, a princess's work is never done. <laughs> A goth gangster princess is Never always grinding, right. hustling. Got to hustle. Got to do that hustle. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Greg can't handle those gangsters. I can't, man. I'm just we overwhelmed. Be up in here. I'd be, I'd be intimidated, y'all. You know? <laughs> Feeling like such a poser right now. You Shut know? the fuck up, milk toast. <laughs> I'm just waiting for her to steal my lunch money or something here, man. Just take me back to middle school. I'm just avoiding the toilets right now. Um, oh, wait. We also heard just yesterday... That we got accepted into Film Quest, which is a festival in Salt Lake City. It's I, th- I believe it's just their third year. Call Girl played it the first year. Um, I didn't go, but I've I heard good played things. Well. And uh, a friend of mine went, and I think it might actually run in conjunction with a a convention. So it's like a huge convention is going on and a film festival like in separate venues. Um, Shit, that'll be interesting. But they have a huge lineup. I think it's like five days maybe or something. Um, are you going to be able to go out for that? No. Ah. It's too close to the L.A. one, and then I already have something else planned I can't tell anyone about yet. Really? <laughs> Is this a, a new project? No, another screening. Another screening? Oh, that's yeah, right. That's yeah. right. Uh, not going to say that we know anything, but you know. But we don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't. I'm gonna, I was going to throw shade or something. Is that the, the terminology? No. The, that's damn what it. the kids are saying. I don't think that's gangster. That's not gangster? No, that's, that's millennial. It's oh um, no. But I think it should be announced. Something should be announced in a couple weeks, <laughs> y'all. Y'all, <laughs> yeah. not, not gangster at all. No, no. that was gotta slip into the red, the goth gangster redneck princess. princess. Oh wow, so Jesus Christ! Oh man, You're, the moniker. You know, the crown can only hold so many words in a title. You know, <laughs> her sash <laughs> has like just filled with shit. Just <laughs> you got she becomes like fucking Daenerys, the mother of dragons, the unburnt breaker of chains, blah 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 blah. Jill, Jill Daenerys, man. Yeah, there we go. And Daenerys is much easier to say than Gavargazian, but I'm just happy to say it correctly. So um about fucking time. Dude. I know, no shit. So um you kind of talked about your your inoculation of holy shit, there's so much more now that I thought I finished the film with that. Um this is really your first experience because this is technically the stylist is 14 minutes. It's yeah, it's 15, 15. Okay. So this is probably the most substantial work you've done to this point. Um, what has that process been like in terms of like the post-production? It's been, um, a, in a huge learning <laughs> process. Um, because really like I jumped really straight from call girl pretty much to this. Like I made a little segment for the, blood drive two years ago with police brutality Mm -hmm. but um that was just a thing we shot in a day it wasn't an insane amount of planning or anything um but you know in the meantime i've made two shorts grammy and the other blood drive that i actually feel like because of all the kind of hiccups and things i learned during stylist post-production i got through those quicker but you know i like i finished those two and still in post-production on this movie um but i think i also like kind of nailed down a team through the stylist post-production then i had them all like ready to go the hardest part is really like it's really that you have to you know you it's a certain amount of trust when you decide to work with somebody you you know their work you, you can but you don't really know if it's going to work out you know and we had a couple setbacks we had to kind of let 
I had to hire new people along the way. So, like, if you have to say someone doesn't work out, that's starting, you know, over again. That's, like, two months down the drain. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, I was in post-production on this movie for almost an entire year. It should have been probably just five months. And that's even, like... In Hollywood, it probably would take a week to, you know, if we were all working full time and I was paying people well, yeah. like a thousand dollars a day, it would be different. When that can be your lone focus. Um, and we're still, you know, we're still paying people. It still is a big budget project, but um, it was just a huge learning process and had to have a couple people in a couple positions. So it put us behind so much. Um But it's also a matter of learning the workflow is really like... Who needs to do what first? Mm-hmm. Like our colorist wants to work with raw footage. He won't color it after someone's put visual effects on top of it because it takes away the range. It's mm-hmm. like all these things you need to learn. Like he needs to get his work done before that can be done. That needs to be done before the credits can be put on. It's just like every little thing has to be in order or you're asking like I had to ask. I'm so sorry, Brandon <laughs> Duncan, to like add names to the credits like he had to export our credits out like five or six times when it takes like days because it's such a big file Mm -hmm. (laughs) that but then you don't those kind of things you don't know you think they're done and then and that's kind of been the hardest part personally is i feel all this it's all this guilt like i've my (laughs) mistakes create other more work for people you know that's could be unnecessary had i known better so that's that's like one of the hardest parts but are most of the people that are in your crew now crew right that's right people that are in the crew again trying to think gangster here i mean are these also kind of their first time around with a lot of this or is it there so they're a little bit more experienced so to speak well i'm sure they can do they do they know then that you're coming in as more of a first time yeah you know director i mean everyone's been super understanding it's just that guilt i think i think every dick director has this problem and feels like all their crew hates them for their mistakes <laughs> and the work that it causes because it really does feel that way and i've always said like i go through like post-production depression because it's also like the production is this team working together really tightly and then post-production is a very lonely thing it's mm-hmm. just like one person at a time working on their piece and you're like managing each person but like ultimately you're the only one carrying it on like mm-hmm. if you decide whatever then it's not going to get finished so it's like mm-hmm. it's lonely knowing that no one else wants to make sure it gets finished oh. it's a silly thing but i'm just saying that's how it feels no absolutely well that's that's why i'm, I'm glad we have you on here just in terms of getting that perspective because that's something i obviously yeah. i would never know yeah. um and how much in terms of the learning experience because obviously just everything that happens new is something new for you um would you do you prefer to learn this way for the most part just hands-on yeah um i feel like a lot of it there's you know how much a lot of stuff you have to, or it, it depends on the kind of person but so much you have learn doing even you can be told as whatever until you actually live through it you don't really know what it's like mm-hmm. um i think the most challenging part of the process is as a director you know you're not like technically talented in those all the like a director couldn't do sound design on their own normally or the, all those things. So you don't, you might not really totally understand like exactly what they're doing. So it's sometimes it can be weird directing somebody, but you don't even know what you're directing. Sound can, is to me has been the most challenging thing that I'm trying to learn because especially the post-production people don't realize what goes, you know, you add every sound, you add footsteps, you add like if you didn't hear them pick up the phone, I mean, every detail, um, Actually, back in the fall, I thought we were pretty close to being done with the sound, and I sent it to our DP, who's also a producer, Robert Stern, 
And he was like, this is sounding good, but we have, you know, a lot, a lot of work to do on this. And I was, and I, mm. I, it just took me back and I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. Wow. <laughs> you were ready because to like, I thought we were pretty close and we're, we're not even close. Oh, um, but it was just like, that was like, that was huge. Cause now I really understand it. And I had actually like a, a good, someone who's become a good friend, Greg Hale, he's a director on Blair Witch Project and he works with eduardo sanchez on everything since then um like they did every movie together uh he watched the film and i asked his advice because i'm like i need people that know what they're talking about like does this do you think this needs a lot of work still and he's like i didn't think it was bad because he had already watched it or i would have said something but you could definitely work on it and then he actually gave me detailed notes like with time like down to the minute what to do and it helped me so much um I'm like, oh my god! You like we add all those things. I was just night like completely ignorant to it. Um, and then it's weird to judge sounds when you know they've been added because you you like can't you. step away. You know, like yeah, as the person you, it's hard to step away when you know. Like, does that sound fake or do I just know that we've added it? <laughs> it's so we. I had the biggest issue with like adding footsteps because you can't hear them like naturally through the mics. But you watch everything and you hear them in movies and then I'm watching it on ours and I'm like, I feel like those sound crazy to me. Maybe because they haven't been there this whole time and now they Cloven are there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, turn them down. Use different... We need to record it with different shoes. we got to try something. As long as you're not you know, breaking out coconuts and everything, I think you're okay for that. But that stuff... It, our, we have a sound guy. His name's Joe Meglio. He's up in Chicago. He came on in December and kind of like revamped it all and he was amazing. I really... I think a lot of it is finding someone that, like, I have chemistry with also beyond being them being, like, talented and mm-hmm. capable because some people just don't get – they just don't talk well together. They don't, can't, like, communicate creatively yeah. and, like, brainstorm without people getting, like, weird or offense, offended. Um, he actually would be, like, like want to talk right after. He'd send me each cut and be all pumped about some ideas he had. And some people you've got to, like – beg him to like get something done in a week and he's just like so excited once he's already he's like i want to work on your next one i want to be the person that actually records it and does the post cool um, damn that's the sound is hard and they say that sound is actually kind of what makes or breaks a lot of independent films because a lot of people don't think that it's work like they just look past it mm-hmm. and that's probably what i was doing in the beginning and like that's i get like what they say is the major difference of like good films that'll get into bigger festivals that have like legit sound design i can believe when that a movie has bad sound it's yeah it's, it, it it fucks with you it goes from being a good film to something you'll just throw on in the background if at best you know something that you can't necessarily study here i'm curious then just based on that is your film will the will, will any of your films ever truly be completed or is there something that you always go ah oh, i could always do this to it or do that to it um, I think that's how everyone feels. They really, especially when you're editing, you can you know you can like change it forever. There's no like end really. So I think a lot of people say they literally just do it till like they're like sick of it and they just stop <laughs> until you can just move on, wipe your um, hands, and be good. And I think it's the same when you're like when you're writing a story from the beginning because you could go um, there's no there's no rules it's like it's hard to like trust a decision and just to say this is the story it's mm-hmm. like because you can change it forever oh that's frustrating yeah i'm sure <laughs> it is i mean that just actually hearing that it's i can imagine we talked about being obsessed a lot of horror people are obsessive just in terms of the collecting the autographs but in terms of being a really good director and someone that's going to oversee it you have to be a touch obsessive don't you 
I think so. I I don't like. I don't know how a director could not be in, like obsessive, organized, crazy like that because. Or if I think if a movie looks like a total mess, then you know they're not organized at all. Sure, it actually you can <laughs> the see movie in the product. Shows, yeah, because I think all a movie is is planning. Like everything else after that should fall into place because you've already figured it all out in the pre-production. Pre- and how how important that is, and just in terms of kind of spacing everything out, putting everything together. I mean, how many? Ultimately, it sounds like you don't want to have any surprises. But like, did you have any surprises on the stylus through pre, post, um, and during? surprises of just in terms of, of crew not working out that oh, was that's... a bummer but um be, i had all this crew is like the most professional crew i've ever worked with and i even had an assistant director for the first time who really an assistant director like runs the show they keep you on schedule they look at the shot list they're like mm-hmm. preparing everyone for what's next so the director can just like be with the actors and like not think about like where are the trash bags who's picking up the food like all that like we're running out of time and everything um so we had a girl emily harold she's normally in a camera assistant but i wish she would do more assistant directing because she's so good at like like people are scared of her because she's like we're doing this now like she like her job is also to yell at the director like jill we're shooting this now like stop moving candles around the room right i'm like this scene is the most important to me i don't give a fuck what time it is that was the only time i was like you'll see in the movie but um (laughs) I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Uh, no, that's okay. No, you went gangsta for a second, straight, so you know the princess like, demands candles. I will put my candles where the this this scene I've imagined in my life forever. These candles mean everything. I can imagine. Well, you're you're I, the one thing, and, and I've talked about the last episode is your your distinct style so far. I think you are developing a very distinct style just because of the, I would say your use of color. And just your compositions are very just like the Luremans, uh, the short film you did. That was my God. Like the Thank yellows you. were just, I, it wasn't blind, but it was just arresting. That's what I want to do. I realized, I don't know, with Call Girl, I was, it was just like something I, I had the script fell in my lap. It was like an easy, like this format of the script's easy. So it seemed like the perfect thing to do. And I don't know if I thought a lot about like, I mean, I, I love style. I'm a hairstylist and, and design, but. That being a one angle thing, we couldn't, like, you know, it's one shot. There's not a lot. Of, so it's like when I found that red room, I was excited. At least the room needs no. to look interesting. This is all we have. But um, definitely, actually, right before the stylist, like a two months before, I watched Zodiac for the first time. And I love F- Fincher's films, but for some reason, I hadn't seen that one. And there's yellow in that film like crazy like almost to the point where it looks like a comic book like mm-hmm. it, it's in every shot then actually i watched a, a list dorky video that uh um studied it and it, talking about the production design and actually i don't know if you people haven't seen this out there it's not a spoiler because it's a real life story <laughs> but um you know jake Hall's character is obsessed with mm-hmm. it and i guess in the, all the beginning of the film everything has ac- yellow accents and once they've time has passed and like you know he's the only one still looking and everyone else has moved on mm-hmm. all those yellow accents are blue and that like that didn't even register with me but that is to represent that no one else he's the only one that cares now and um i have to rewatch it's that amazing, now like those kind of details you wouldn't pick up on but like it it works because it's like all one thing like you don't even mm-hmm. realize these little details um but i just loved how overly stylized it it was even like the shot outside this like yellow cab everything else almost looked black and white i was like this is like 
overly stylized like it's not supposed to look like real life and i that, like that's when it dawned on me like that's what i want to do like Just almost like a heightened sense of reality yeah um i also specifically stole the yellow there's yellow in the stylus as well but like more of a warm yellow when lerman's is like blue yellow like right. cold mm-hmm. um but yeah, I love the color and the design part. Like the Lermans, I did all the wardrobe and the design myself. Nice. Um, stylus, I had. I thought I could do it, but thank God I'm someone else because I would have never had time to think about it. And uh, Sarah Sharp, she did a production design on the stylus, and she's amazing. Like I thought that most of the sets we had were pretty much fine. And I would come in like each day and be like, oh my God, <laughs> to what she did. It was amazing. Even these like things that weren't that big of a deal, but they made it look totally like way better and different. Well, they say if you're smart, you will surround yourself with talented people that are only going to make your project look and sound that much better. I mean, you're, you're fucked indeed. No, I was about to say, that's why I have this guy here, you know, <laughs> you're fucked. make me sound good. Um, in terms of the stylus itself. So it's premiering at Etheria and that's June June 11th at the Arrow Theater in Santa Monica. Um, the shorts program starts at 7.30 p.m., but they're, what they do is they show a f- feature film. They actually hand-select a feature film each year, so it's only just one feature and then the not the shorts that make it into the competition. Um, the feature plays at four, and that's called The Love Witch by Anna Biller, and I've been seeing photos of it for like the last year and i didn't even know that it was gonna be playing at this and i'm i've been dying to nice see it. nice little surprise it shot on 35 and it's about this woman going around like bewitching men like it is the most beautiful talk about style like this girl I, I i i guess she did like everything on her movie she made the costume she did the score she shot the movie she edited it Holy like shit. it is beautiful if i show you guys these photos every picture is like just Every detail of the set is gorgeous and perfect, and it's all, like, set in the 60s. So that's even harder to do, mm-hmm. especially when you're independent. Like, Rob Zombie can't even get it right, and he's fucking right. Like, he makes all his <laughs> movies set in the 70s. Right. They don't look like the 70s at all. I'm sorry, Rob Zombie. Like, I grew up loving your movies. It's but, an idealized but, 70s. But basically, they look like movies now, but people that, like, like the 70s style. Sure, like, the nostalgia thing. Like, mm-hmm. dude, you have the money. What the hell? It, it really upsets me when people don't get style right because I'm like, who's doing the hair in this movie? And hell, you got actors Who curled her from hair the like 70s. That? Why is she wearing like torn up jeans that obviously cost nine thousand dollars? <laughs> right. How much? How <laughs> can you sep- separate yourself? It kills me in the devil's rejects. Right. <laughs> her outfit is insane. Can you separate yourself as as, uh, as apparently? Not. I know, but it, like watching something just to enjoy it, or are you constantly looking at it and analyzing it and picking it apart? I don't, um... Can you turn that side off? I don't think I pick things apart, but I look at them that way, because I feel like I learn from it. If there's, like, something glaring, like the jeans thing, then you're like, But I do notice, yeah, like, I don't... I do notice things more now, I think. That makes sense. things that just seem lazy. It's like, why would you do that? (laughs) That makes sense. So, um, how many other um, short films are playing over at Theria? I think there's, there's yours, and then... There's eight. So eight of them total? total? Okay. And so any of our listeners that are out there, um, they obviously, if they want to come up and say hi, they can. Yes. Okay. Because, you know, I, let's let's face it. Jill is very intimidating, you guys, but she's, she's also- She's a golf gangster I'm, princess. Straight I, gangster. Straight gangster. gangster. She's going to be wearing her grill out there. You know, mm-hmm. she might be packing. I'll be repping the East Coast. Yeah. The Don't mid, say the I'm going to be packing. The I'm Midwest. Get in trouble. <laughs> no, no, no. Never packing. Never she's packing. representing the 816, bitch. 
So can you tell us just a little bit about, because I saw the trailer, love the trailer. Who did, who, did, uh, who edited the trailer for you? Um, John Pata, who's the editor on the film. Okay, nice. Oh, was that planned? Just, you know, getting him to... And he made... Um... What did he make? He made um. He's a yeah. He's a film writer director as well. He made a feature called Deadweight that mm-hmm. we showed a few years ago at um, Screenland, as, like a sa- separate from Slaughter oh, one wow. night. We did it on a Saturday night and it was free, like was full in the main theater. Um, which is an incredible film. He had only made one short before Deadweight, and it's just like a shoot it yourself zombie like. Like it's not well made. I'm so sorry, John. But Deadweight is incredible in comparison to go from this to like just make a feature like just a dude in Wisconsin. It's incredible. Him and his friend Adam directed it together. Like it actually got picked up for distribution, and it has one of those endings that's just like a like a shot Gut to punch. the heart. Like it ends, and you're like, oh, like and it actually worked. Like you never see independent films on that level work like emotionally like that. And uh, then he made a short called Pity that's like that's a film right. noir, like uh-huh. very dark. Like a, It's like a poem almost set to film. Yeah. It's like super dark and artsy. Um, but I thought like that's I, why I always trusted John. Like his films are very emotional and have a serious tone to them. They're not like traditional horror at mm-hmm. all. Um, so I, and he and like we know each other really, really well. So I knew like he would get it. Um, but actually someone else was supposed to edit the film at first. Really? And then they how decided you, not to. And so that's obviously a happy accident then <laughs> yes. in terms of how that ended up turning out uh, for you. Holy shit. But at first it was a major panic. And <laughs> it all worked. Actually, like I invested some money into pity John's short. So we had a contract that he would pay me back. But I was never worried about it. It wasn't a lot of money. And I honestly didn't care. Now he's going to be like, why did I do this? <laughs> but he, he edited the film. He was like, that could be a way of me, you know, paying you back. Okay. I, even though he's done way more work than paying, like, ten times, I feel like, now <laughs> than paying me back. Um, but, yeah, it was, it's like, it's, was meant to be meant this to way, be. I feel like. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the most important relationship between a director? Because I know some people say the editor, just in terms of how it tra- tra- the, how the film translates. Uh, for your experience so far, who do you think the most important person, obviously everyone, but someone that really makes the film yours, who is the person that, you know, the, 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 uh, the capacity, what capacity are they in? I think it's the editor. Is it? I think everyone would say that because that's the person who actually puts your movie together. Like, they can ruin them you know if they don't understand like understand what you're going for like mm-hmm. they have to really mm-hmm. get your story um but i also i put together a, like a rough cut of it myself and just on a really crappy editing cert program and i went through i think independent directors do this but maybe in the big time they just throw it all over to an editor and they have to go through it all like i watched it all so like made notes of all the best ones all the best takes mm-hmm. of each shot and then I sent him my like rough cut, and I even like make a paper edit of it, so he knows which what what is what. And then I'm like, you take this, and then like, this is just a like a rough draft to make it look. You know, he adds all mm-hmm. of it to it. Enhances. And he even it's close to what I did, but he did like major changes that. It's interesting. I'm no. I am a control freak. Let's be serious. <laughs> I think probably all directors are, <laughs> but um. I think, and a lot of independent directors edit themselves because it's cheaper and you have control. Sure, But sure. a lot of times I would get things and, like, I, 
I kind of immediately panic when I read almost any email or anything I think isn't going the way we're supposed Just, to go. Mm-hmm. It's like this immediate reaction. I I know this about myself. I have to step away from things and then re- yeah. react like a normal person. Smart. Smart. But, um, with him, like every time he would send me something, I just loved like whatever he changed. So I don't See, feel like I it, ever had it. We never had like any kind of like he wanted to keep something and I wanted to change it. Deferring visions. Um, but you felt it, it was in good hands. Out. Yeah. Mm. Um, and all of his ideas, even like the trailer, I just like wrote out this idea, like this way simple idea that was way simpler than what we have and then he sends me this i'm like uh that's awesome <laughs> you're amazing we didn't even I'm like my notes are this part's awesome this is awesome and so is this it's i like, think the only you... thing was like cut this part sh- like the stuff are like stylus car like when this says the stylus mm-hmm. those are actually the card like the credits from the movie mm-hmm. so the stylus, like the actual word, was up there way longer because in the movie it does something cool. I was like, let's take that out and wait. They all see that in the movie. But um, yeah, all I did was say like, take make it five seconds shorter. That's kind of nice, actually, um, considering. I just think that yeah, he just gets it. He's just understands the type of films I want to make. That's he's, good. He's and it's it's almost like this just really cool honor because I met him. When I first started getting into the horror scene, I mean, I've always watched the movies, but I didn't know this whole world was Existed. here. Mm-hmm. And I met him just by seeing Dead Weight when I worked for Downright Creepy, which is now Boom Howdy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we reviewed Dead Weight, so I just saw this like screener of it, then just became friends with him on Facebook. I just kind of thought I was like, "This is some just normal dude that made this film." Like I like idolized him. I was like, "Who is this person?" Of course. And so it's just like a super cool dorky thing for me that he ends up that he ended up working on like the most important thing I've ever done honestly yeah. like this movie means everything to me this is your baby yeah so that being said with the stylist um, obviously you've been mum's the word in terms of the plot and what have you and it's Najara Townsend playing I would assume the stylist the named Claire Claire perfect uh and i was actually kind of thinking just because i've based on the trailer i'm trying to put what what it's going to be but i was just thinking about the level of intimacy in terms between a stylist and their client just just even proximity you're so close to someone you're touching them like that's a level of dangerous instruments yes and that's that the danger part that started kind of freaking me out thinking oh my god just think about if someone had a a bad day because my and shit's you, luxurious and like I it's very trusting you know because I don't want anybody to fuck my shit but up. what happens if you trigger someone god forbid and so I don't necessarily know what happens with it and that's why I'm anxious to see it but even just kind of filling in the own gap my own gaps based on the trailer it's already kind of horrific based on that so I'm anxious to see how that turns out now if anyone that's not an Ethereo, when will the general populace kind of be able to see the stylist um well they'll keep playing festivals all year so we just you just got to keep up and follow that um, and just follow you on the social media obviously it, uh like it won't be online or anything okay for like years okay um and that's probably good just in terms of keeping it yeah offline yeah um well are we going to talk about what it's about that's what I'm hoping, Ken. Because uh, that's that's we don't want no spoilers. I know, I you know, we're, 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 we're spoiler heavy. Uh, no, on this yeah, actually, show, please so tell me, yeah. tell us, spoiler tell us. Heavy? Well, we normally normally are because oh, we're always yeah, talking about shit that's like 20 years old. But this is something so. again yeah. that yeah, please, 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 because I don't even know about this. Yeah. Well, it's about Claire, of course, our mm-hmm. hairstylist, and um, she's a very lonely and deranged person, and 
her final client of the day shows up with a request to look perfect. She has a party to uh, host that evening for her boss, and Claire has her own plans. And I don't think the client's going to be very happy about that. See? That Ooh, already. See? Yeah, yeah. Um, see? But, like, thematically, it's really about, like, a a psychotic person, like, battling their de- inner their demons and losing. And losing. It's really, like, a, a meant-to-feel-tragic. I was going to say, this doesn't sound like a feel-good kind no, of film. No, it's yeah. like a psychological horror type thing. Psychological and I can kind of see you gaze. It's meant to f- make you f- kind of more feel for her. Like, she's fucked up and and crazy, but I also, for some reason, feel Some of us understand, yeah. <laughs> well, the, Some of us are fucked up and crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, empathy like that, especially, fuck, who, anyone's going to lie that says, you know, their life is perfect, they don't feel that kind of stuff. So that's kind of a universal emotion that you'll tap into, which I think, hopefully then you'll get a good response from that. I, can, I can't imagine that you wouldn't based on that. Um, I'm anxious to see, because obviously if we follow you on social media that night at the Theria, I'm sure you're going to be posting quite a bit yes yes i'm really excited to see it with a crowd and i'll like want to vomit everywhere at the same time but we have like an extremely gory thing that happens in it (laughs) like the goriest thing i've done by far in any movie and then it's like just this super bummer sad type of ending like you know like call girl ends on this like high note where you right. clap and scream Grammy ends on this like big funny punchline mm-hmm. <laughs> which I realize like that's not even the kind of stuff I want to make honestly right I want to make like tragic stuff um and I learned that through making the other stuff I'm like that's cool but I don't think that's what I want to be what like I your do, signature my piece. signature stuff um so yeah I'm just so excited I'm For, like it's almost been frustrating that I've only had kind of these silly things out that I'm like I can't wait for people to see this serious you're, you're, thing. You're cutting your teeth <laughs> on those other ones. I mean, but they're all learning experiences, like you said, and everything you've learned from those, you've been putting into the stylist. So, I mean, you, you, to me, that's just progression. Yeah. You know, natural more than anything. And so far, they've all been pretty good. So, I mean, just, you know, on the way up, you know. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> and so, that being said. Thanks, yo. Yeah, there no it problem, is. I was girl. waiting. I was no no problem, girl. No problem, here. girl. You started speaking from the heart. Shit. It wasn't gangster, you know. It was just more filmmaker. <laughs> Yo, I can be this. gangster in my heart too. <laughs> my heart bleeds. Mad love, mad love. Strange. This tattoo. Gang- gangsters, no, gangsters, no tragedy. Yeah. Yo, yo, your whole Gang- life gangsters. is a tragedy, man. <laughs> Every day's a struggle. <laughs> yo, man. Every day you, I'm hustling. You yeah. Hustling, 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 hustling. Either making money slinging rock or you got a sweet jump shot. Mm-hmm. What I fucked that one up too, didn't I? I God don't damn know it. what so, that was. I think that was Biggie Smalls, but I'm only quoting, quoting it from the movie Boiling Room, so I'm really messed <laughs> oh up on that. God. Biggie Smalls via proxy. That tells you how far removed I am from the gangster app scene here. Um, so that's going to happen over with Etheria, and then you mentioned you're going to be able to screen that through the various festivals the rest, the remainder of the year at this point, which is fantastic. Um, now, one of the other things that I wanted to talk about, that I should say... Last thoughts on the stylist before we move to the next topic. Anything else? Anything else? Um, well, Etheria actually tours their films. Mm-hmm. And so they... <laughs> all the main selections are in that tour, and they, they select a whole nother, like, 20 more shorts. And those t- 
play all over the world at random events. We even brought it here to Slaughter. Mm-hmm. And Which was a lot was of a fun. Really good time. A lot of fun. So the stylus could be places sooner and than you think. I'm just going to oh. say, you know, when... <laughs> when, <laughs> when yo, yo. Yo. When Genius and I, I were mean, I repping out in Chi-Town. Chi-Rack. Uh, uh, we, we were at Days of the Dead, and they actually had that an Etheria show, uh, showcase there. It was great. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, that was where we got to see... There was a uh, slut played, which was uh, uh-huh. really that was intense. So good. Slut was um, great. Uh, oh, um, uh, the parking lot one. Oh my god! Wait, one. whoever hasn't seen Slut, go look it up on Crypt TV or wherever it is right now. It's, it's really good. Slut's really good, it's and really the parking good. lot one is the parking intense. lot one that is called Stalled. Stalled. We that's showed right. that at Slaughter, I believe, yes. in February. Yeah, uh-huh. that one. It's by Karen Lamb. That one. Stuck that is with a me. movie that will like. <sighs> Hit you, you in the gut. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Is that Movies the, it like that. Haunted, it haunted you. Like, like that idea is is amazing. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's all about I mean, that's like perception. a real life horror situation. Exactly. Like, there's nothing like silly about it. At the time I saw it, I was going through some shit. And man, I identified with the guy immediately just in terms of just losing all rational thought. And when you, your instincts kick in and you realize your instincts are wrong. Holy shit. That one. We, we don't want to spoil it. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's but fantastic. But there's a dude in the beginning on his phone and he's oh. obviously arguing with his or splitting up with his wife it's, or something. And he's crying. So it's the worst day ever. <sighs> then basically. He, it just gets worse from a, there. It gets a worse, worse situation. from there. He, he misjudges a situation. It and escalates then it quickly. Real really, bad. really bad. <laughs> for all parties involved. And it is like a depressing ass film, but it is but so it's good. Really it's really good. good. It's really good. On the flip side of that one, uh, Amber Jenkins did the one that was kind of the nine to five. Nine to five for her. Uh, yeah. The uh, revenge there that I really enjoyed as well. But yeah, that they was were a, all. I mean, every single one. I mean, Ethereum just picks really, really, really good ones. And they go with all genres for the most part, don't they? Yeah, and just they in do, terms of their selection um, process. Horror, thriller, fantasy, sci-fi, action—all the fun, the fun ones. stuff. Good genre. They films. even will do like dark drama, dark, dark comedy. Basically, basically just nothing like straight comedy, straight drama. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Do you find yourself? Um, do you ever think that you'll go away? Because again, you're not necessarily in for the horror, but just in terms of, do you find yourself going into other genres at all? Um, <laughs> boner jams. Yeah, I like yeah, to do. <laughs> I mean, I like to do stuff more like drama thrillers. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of those kind of films, oh my god, geez. unprofessional man! I had it on low. Because I, I feel like there's so many films. I don't know if we discussed this last time that people call like a drama, mm-hmm. but they'll call like a movie like um, the Notebook a drama, and then they'll call Sling Blade a drama. Like those are not the same kind of movies, no. but they're both dramas. It's well, <laughs> it's like easy Room. enough to label. I don't know if you saw, which was an Oscar film this year. Like they. You watch the trailer, you think this is some family film. It is like one of the most amazing thrillers, the disturbing things I've ever seen in my life. But so I'd like to make like super just emotionally disturbing. And do you think the stylist is your transition into that? Um, It's definitely still very horror. Like (laughs) it's definitely very horror. I would like to make a full length of that. That's what I'm working on writing right now. Really? That was always the intention. Like the short would be our pitch for it. Right. That's even better than that's like good shit coming up with that. Well, I'm I'm excited to see style see the stylist. Eventually, I'm, I we're not going to be out there for Etheria, but oh wait, we where? are planning a local screening that <sighs> will be announced probably in like a month or two Yay! in the fall. Okay, all right. that's okay. But all right, the fall will happen wait, quickly. Let me just say September. It'll be in September. That'll work. There we go. <laughs> so all of our local Kansas City listeners just know we are going to be able to see it then in September. That's fantastic. That's exciting then. So I'm assuming it's going to be in, li- in line, perhaps. A, with a local favorite. Yeah, I mean, that's 
everybody in town in the horror community just loves you. So. Well, one of the things in terms of the horror community and one of the things that you contribute mightily and for the past four years you've done this is a Slaughter Movie House. And you guys are getting ready to mm-hmm. celebrate four years, correct? Yes. So, um, June 6th is our four-year anniversary. Congratulations party. on that. That's awesome. Thank you. That's a lot of work for something that Yeah. it's like, tell us a little bit about, the, if anyone that's not in the Kansas City area that's listening, what is Slaughter Movie House? It's a monthly screening series for horror, but we'll also do anything fucked up. We really should just start saying we'll do all weird genres. Yeah. Because um, there's some fucked up things you guys should like I'd like to do more sci-fi and whatever anything um but we it's a it's a one once a month thing the first Monday of every month it's always free and we started it at a bar but now we're at a theater called Screenland Armor and it's fun I mean now we have like a regular group of like 50 60 people show up I don't know what's happening it used to be like 15 if we were lucky (laughs) like way back the first year um it's just going so well that's I get so overwhelmed so often that that's the first thing I consider, like, I can't do this anymore. But then, like, so many people come to it. I can't stop doing it. Yeah. That'd be more depressing. Uh, well, well, you've grown. I mean, I, I would I would assume just quality and consistency. I mean, you guys are always putting out once a month, and it's good stuff in there. Because um, I've only started recently going, like, the past year and consistently going, like, the past six months for the most part. But that's one of my favorite times of the month because I know I'm going to see some weird shit. It's the time of the month. Get, get up, up, get, get up. up. I know that one. It's the first of the month. But it's not necessary. <laughs> we're we're thinking more on the feminist. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. <laughs> my God, cycle. Last night. I, I just turned 40, <laughs> so <laughs> I am going through menopause right menopause? now. Yeah, I'm for getting the vapors here. I think I might be getting a headache from my crown. From your crown. From your crown. Heavy is, wary is the head. Heavy is the head, then where's the crown? That's right. <laughs> Heavy is the head, then where's the crown? <laughs> um, so that being said, but any favorite things regarding it? I remember I remember when it was in the bar. And like it was the TV. And every now and then the t- one of the TVs wouldn't work. So we're like oh watching it on behind the TVs, the other one. or Yeah. We would show it on two TVs and then we'd have it projected on a tiny screen. That was like not, dark. not projected well. No, I mean, we're in a bar. Dark. We're not like in a... a Blah. So you, it was so weird. It was when, not a professional screening. Situation. Were you competing with I like told all customers? The yeah, when the customers <laughs> the came conditions in, conditions of the screening. When the customer, like regular customers, and they would come in, they're sitting at the bar and they're just trying to have a good time. And next thing and you know, then, like then someone's getting fucked like in a, the uh, ass by like a tentacle or something, <laughs> and they're just like, "What the like, fuck? Is, what's going on here?" It's slaughter movie house, guys. <laughs> take it easy. Take <laughs> have a great one another, another gin and tonic over here no it was, cause like what was it? Adam Chaplin was one um, and I think we showed I Am Monster there and that was a hard one for people just to walk in and then they see like some chick like fucking a dead dude yeah it was it was pretty awesome do you have any cause you're bringing oh, back wait, the best was when like they would some you know our thing would be from like 7 to 10 so sometimes this was a venue they would do like shows afterwards <laughs> with the and, bands would come. no they'd be like bands trying to load in they're still, like the movie's ending we're like I'm like I'm pissed cause I'm like get the fuck out of here wait till we're done but they're just like walking in like what, what the hell is going on here I feel like some nights would be like a rap night afterwards we, yeah. it's like the end of some movie there's like a nun murdering everyone right. on TV yeah <laughs> as uh, it happens I mean you know like fucking DJ Casey comes in or something, yeah. Zoinks! This was, it was, it was, it, it's, Slaughter's consistently fun no matter where it's at. And I think it's a fact to the hosts and the movies you guys pick, so. 
And so you're for the for the one on in June. You guys are bringing back. You're playing a lot of the ones that you screened back in the day, right? Yeah, we're gonna do a compilation of shorts. And Gary and I sat down. My co-host. He's Congratulations, really host. Gary. Gary uh, on their uh, his engagement pending to Jill. nuptials. Yes, bravo, bravo. Jill Towerman, not me. <laughs> um, one of the writer Jill, one of the Jills. That's right. Y- yes, co-writer mm-hmm, Grammy. Co-writer Grammy. We're known as the Jill Squad. <laughs> Oh God! Now wait, no. So you're the goth gangsta princess. Is she like your Part flavor, the... Flav? Then you know, is she the hype um, man. I don't know. Potentially, she's more princess like than me. She might be mad that I took a princess title. Gonna have a princess throwdown here, <laughs> right? Um, Tower of Power. The first one we ever did though was Dear God No, which is that film alone is the reason that I started Slaughter Movie House. I went to Texas Frightmare in 2012, and I met all those filmmakers. James Bickert, the director, partied with them all weekend. And uh, one of the guys on their crew, he said he did a movie night in Atlanta. And I was like, that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. I should start doing that in Kansas City. I'm just going to completely steal that idea. And then I, I started it with their film. And then I come to work on their movie three or three years later. Frankenstein. Frankenstein Creator Black, right, which is right. the sequel. Um, but I saw one of the guys from the film... Uh, share the that original flyer from our first slaughter today because we must have posted it for the first time and i was like yes it is four years that flyer looks awesome that's Um, so cool though yeah really like going to that convention i met those guys and then i also saw bloody 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 bible camp that weekend which is one of my favorites that we've Uh, ever shown i remember that one i remember (laughs) that one (laughs) just meeting them and like realizing there's all these like just people like that normal people making movies right it's like what is like i want to be a part of this world and like making movies didn't that didn't think dawn on me like that was a possibility and i knew the people at zarbar i'd run events before so i just asked them and they were like they already wanted to do a movie night or, of some kind so it just all worked out that's cool and, and they kind of helped me suggest some films at first i was like i need other films to play right. um we might actually bring bloody bloody bible camp back this summer since we have oh, so many nice. new people and that's yeah. such a good summer one we yeah, might do that is. in july actually oh i mean you'll, i'm anxious because i haven't seen that yeah you'll like that one that's a good one because i'm really late on the game on this because no, it wasn't it's... until i met you that you introduced me to all this and then by it that time i think you guys a nun killer mm-hmm. and, and a summer camp a killer nun so is this like a summer camp full of nuns no like a summer camp of normal people <laughs> but a the nun, nun is, is the killer. going around killing people yay oh that's yeah. fantastic you're gonna go every show but adam chaplin directed again? by Vito trabuco um i don't know that one was insane <laughs> that one was batshit was that in, in, in italian uh-huh i remember if i have like because it was hard because because it, it was the subtitles and it's on the little oh, screen yeah, so you were just like we're looking like we're looking at it like oh my god that guy just blew up this dude's head by with his mind and like <laughs> what's going on you couldn't you couldn't see what's going on but visually you're like what the fuck started yeah. just making the connections <laughs> mm-hmm. do you have a those are fun times, so yeah right? like um favorite film favorite short obviously the ones we've been talking about um I, the one that still st- that and again I've just been doing it but uh, Harvest Lake really stuck with me I don't know what it was about that one Tristan no no it was like <laughs> I think it was that Cronenbergian vibe I got from it but it just and also just, with the boober melon yeah and just seeing people react to it also which was fantastic because there were a lot of people that you could tell were there for the first time 
And yeah. Then the short that we, was a very weird one. And the short that yeah. was before it that had Tristan in it with that had that Lovecraftian thing. Don't spoil that one. Oh, not spoiling Innsmouth that one. By, Holy shit! Innsmouth by Izzy Lee, starring Tristan Risk, is an amazing short. Which is was it is part of the Etheria tour? So that's mm. oh, it is around. okay. Yes. That one because I remember you're like the ending's really kind of it's going to blow you away, and I'm like ah. And when the ending hit, I was like, Jesus It'll Christ. Blow you away. <laughs> Tristan's blowing Tristan up. Tristan is fearless. Yeah. She I really like she's one of my favorite genre actors now because she's just I don't know if it's just the rawness, but I she I think it's the films that she's in. They're just fun genre films. Yeah. And I was kinda of telling uh, genius, she kinda of, not necessarily a Linnea Quigley vibe, but someone that gets the film she's in. Yeah. She knows what she's in. And I think she kinda of elevates them. So I'm a fan, man. Yeah. I fucking an American Mary she, that's when I first realized, like, who is this? She is, this actress is killing it. Yeah. And then getting to expose to all the other stuff. I'm just like, this is a rad person. So, yeah, that's half the fun of this is just getting exposed to all that new stuff. So, question, is there a fun, a, one of your favorite moments off the top of your head for the four years of slaughter? Is there something that just kind of sticks out? And there, is there, and then on the flip side, is there one you're like, man, motherfucker. <laughs> Mo- cli- what do you mean moments? The like, clip, like if we we're going to do a clip show of you know Slaughter Movie House, because I got, I know one of my favorite moments in a is film? Slaughter. No, 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 no. doing just, Slaughter. Because mm-hmm. I got one of mine. Hard. I know one um, of mine. I don't even know what's happened. <laughs> uh, I really liked when uh, this is not my favorite, but this comes to mind. This past year on our October event, we make it a, a costume party and. Was most we were showing all of Luchigor stuff, so most people kind of came in wrestling mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, a guy Blair who comes to almost all of our things. <laughs> shout out to Blair! Shout out to Blair! He walks in dressed exactly <laughs> like Gary, like he's just wearing a normal T-shirt and a backwards Royals hat, but has his red beard painted black and his eyebrows. I, I just like yeah. I think I saw him and I literally yelled. Oh my god! And pointed at him. It was like now, so perfect and so like subtle. Yeah, it was. like normal people wouldn't even know he was dressed up. Now, any of our listeners that don't know Scary Gary, he has the most pronounced and intense eyebrows. They're on fleek. They're- Hashtag eyebrows. Yeah, like iPhone but the eyebrows. eyebrows. They're intense to the point that it was such a great costume. He gets actually. them done like once a week. Does he? Yes. Because I was really, like, really, I thought he was like, oh, maybe oh that's around, baby. Oh, we're going to call him out. Gary, you got called out. Your brows. No, you could set your, your watch he, he by the fraudulent brows. He will tell you. That's funny. That was actually really good. Now, you said you had an idea. What, mm-hmm. what was one of your favorites? The Testament. The Testament Kool Aid. The Sacrament. Sacrament. The Sacrament. Oh, my God. We had to tell the story. Okay, so we would. <laughs> before we moved Slaughter to Screenland, we would do just kind of random, host random things at Slaughter or at Screenland. I can't talk. Um, they would show old stuff, or we'd host newer horror films. And Ty West, The Sacrament hmm. came out, which is, you know. Basically, Jim Jones. Basically. Mm-hmm. I don't like that movie, and it's a ripoff of Jim Jones. Story. It's, it's exactly a ripoff. It's going, a like, I don't know, I almost believe, like, could he not, I think he couldn't get the rights. I think he wanted to tell that story. But it, but the thing is, it me, went through Vice. It went through... That's the only difference. Like, yeah. And it's weird that you use, like, a real-life thing. Right, they, to tell a fake story. I mean, mm-hmm. A, a real-life thing to tell a real-life uh, a real life story in a fake way. Mm-hmm. It worked with their, you know, with the documentary style. Mm-hmm. But, um... To like have the guy dressed exactly like Jim Jones, even the same way that he's w- dressed in the documentary Jonestown. Like mm-hmm. we're in the same outfit. Oh wow! They pass mm-hmm. like the way that they tell with the secret note is the same. The Kool Aid, mm-hmm. everything's um, the same. 
So that's why I was just kind of disappointed in it. I was so excited to see. I'm like, there should be more cult horror movies like mm-hmm. about cults. What did you think Fucking of The Invitation? I liked it. Yeah. I haven't seen it. It's a good one. Well, but, uh, you, like wait. VHS 2? See, yeah, that's oh, perfect. Oh, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That segment's by Timo Tijanto. I can't say his no, name, that's, right? No, that segment is by... Um, mm-hmm. Gareth uh, Gareth Aaron. Oh, yeah, I'm Gareth thinking Evans. of uh, the, the crazy one at ABC's of Death that I love. Um, <laughs> Back to the sacraments. So, Gary and I prepare all these cups with, like, Kool-Aid in it, because, you know, we like to make it all exciting for it's our right. guests. Why people right. enjoy it, yeah. Right. And we're going to pass out the Kool-Aid when that moment in the film begins. And uh, <laughs> barely anyone, there's like 10 people there. Like, I, I think that's giving it being generous. <laughs> okay, five. It. That's being generous, and I'm like one of them. Five so. people were there in the front row, and then, it's, that we that we knew, and then there's a couple in the back An that older I have couple. no idea who they are. Yeah. But So Gary and I go like right in front of them and kind of tell them about Slaughter, since like everyone in the front knows who we are. Of course. We tell them like we're showing a few shorts before. There were Izzy Lee's shorts. So they're they're kind of dirty, really dirty. So we're telling, you know, they know what's happening. We're actually looking at them down the row. They're looking straight at the screen, like acting like we're not even there. So that's creepy. (laughs) And then, and then the move, like the shorts play. I mean, you would have to be crazy to not like see these shorts and know that this is a horror thing. Because somebody's using like fingers as anal beads and just like madness that's not oh, no that's, that's a different a totally one that was a different thing. one that was a different one watch it my bad <laughs> um but so the movie starts it's going blah blah, blah. we get to the kool-aid we pass it out to our friends in the front <laughs> and this couple is walking down the stairs to leave we still don't know why they left like i have many theories one is that they truly believed this was a religious film no that they believe that mm-hmm. the sacrament was a religious was, film. Was, was, was like fucking and ABC family. And then once family. it turned into everyone killing themselves, they were like, what is this movie? And watched it, walked out. Which is scarier to me that they thought the rest of the movie was normal. Was right. And that they thought the short, what did they think those shorts were? Or they were scared this of me is, and Gary and the Kool-Aid. Like, none of it makes sense. It's Kirk Cameron light. Exactly. I was going to say That's it's a like, Kirk Cameron movie. But. Holy because, shit. Because, you know, the cover was just a big cross and it said mm-hmm. the sacrament. You could, pop, it, ma- it could if you were, be. You could possibly yeah. think it's really It could say, like, the 700 Club presents. You know? <laughs> but how believe. could you watch the... Because, like, you know, the, the suicide is clearly the climax of the movie. Like, you watch all the movie and you think and it's normal. You tell the, right. That's when it scares you. And what's weird is they're even like they walked out really slow, like step by step. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What are these people?" Doing? They just wanted you know, lady. We are not happy with this. We, we were lied. We, we will not partake in the Kool Aid. <laughs> we are not going to die today. The cult of slaughter. That's it. well, and it's kind of developed to uh, not a cult of slaughter, but you've developed a good fan base. You know, there's... I'm fine with starting a cult. With the cult? Oh no! It it'll be your 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 goth gangster princess. Goth gangster princess. Oh. There's like like she's I, like sitting on I the leave throne. The cult in this in my garb, but I wear drink sacramental robes. She's got a big chalice. It's just like yeah. we need to start some sort of like <laughs> like it like we have a some sort of procession of some kind before every slaughter that feels like church. Right. You totally I could. was joking that we should do that. We should like walk down the aisles with incense. With incense. Uh, <laughs> and, not, <laughs> and we're paint, like upside down crosses on our heads. Passing around like Pez <laughs> as in like the communion wafers. But then I am going to pass around the bowl and you all have to give me money. <laughs> oh, okay. If you're yes! going to if you're going to steal from Catholicism right. go with all the right ways man. <laughs> Stylist too. My it's God. just like fun. <laughs> 
That's actually going to make me feel I was I was an ultra boy back in the day, and as you would say, my hair <laughs> parted, down the parted down the side. side. So PTSD with that oh, one. Actually, actually, in this like feature length that I'm working on, the idea that I have right now, the way it ends, I already wrote a sentence about this ridiculous idea for a sequel. Sweet, but it's like very silly. It's very like monster silly. Monster silly, not a bad <laughs> thing, me, though. You but know, then I that's, was like, "That's what it sh- I should follow." Uh, Toby Hooper's footsteps and go make the, the first one super serious, and then and the, the second, second one, one just goofy, that yeah. shit crazy, and just for no reason. We could be like the podcast. We could be Red River. We, <laughs> we could be your Carolyn Williams. Just talking. About it. Oh my god, you need. To- he can wear those short shorts. There you go. I'll be wearing them anyway. So you just <laughs> random Wednesday. There he is wearing them again. There. Um, so congratulations on four years of slaughter. That's rad. Thank you. Because uh, I know that there's a lot of work that goes into that. So because I've been doing a movie night here from my house for four years and shit. There's a lot of work that goes into that. So actually hosting it out and about people coming out to it. Well, hoping for four years more, man, because it's fun. And we're we're learning. We're we're learning about that. I'm yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Our it's, Monday things too. So it's 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 it's, it's daunting task. So props to you for four years. And really. seriously, and making it as good, and the fact that there is you you've got an increased following, which is fantastic. So more power to you. It must just it must be a large part to do with being at Screenland now. I think sure because um, mm-hmm. you like we'll ask like who's new like last. I feel like every time there's a lot of new people, I don't know where they're hearing Disobeying about the first rule of Slaughter Movie House, you know, you do not talk about Slaughter <laughs> Movie House. You do talk about yes, you have. <laughs> you, Multiple you prom- times. You promote the shit out of it. <laughs> well, and it, it's, well, and it's in a theater. <laughs> Wait, we need to make the grudge sound. I know, that was actually kind of... Uh, Wait, what did she do? I can't remember. Still not. One of my friends is terrified of that sound. I'm, but, uh, like I like the grudge a lot, but it doesn't scare me. So I don't. It looks kind of muppety to me. J horror never really got under my skin the way it did a lot yeah, of people because it's a cultural thing. It is. But I, I think, like. Um, yeah. I like the look. I like it. Oh no, the aesthetic it's, is yeah, stylish. But stylish is it never really. It, it never really bothered me. me. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, fucking mm-hmm. like Zelda does in Pet Cemetery. I have a hard time with a lot of supernatural stuff scaring me because I don't believe, believe in it. it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so I'm always been even growing up. I was drawn to like sl- serial killer movies because I'm like, that's, that's legit. scary. Yeah, like, that monster. People I don't in the really believe in it. That could exist <laughs> in, a, in a basement in, like this. People in the sewers people staring at us outside of sewers. Is yeah, the most scary Fuck shit yeah. I've ever seen. La- Why is that only in it? There needs to be a movie about a guy in a sewer. No, staring at people. Chuds, man. No, they're chuds. gonna they're gonna turn oh, it into a chuds very aren't bad. Scary because they're monsters. They're, fuck all that noise. <laughs> they still live in the sewers. They can still get you. They exist with, they, where there are grates. Anything? Oh, I will not. No, go over grates or anything like that. Well, who did you run? You ran into like it wasn't necessarily a, a chud, but the last time we had a movie night here, you, Regina, and Chris were out leaving. So okay, so she, we're leaving. So we had a, we we just finished recording our uh, Friday the Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street, Street, and we were talking about things that scared you and we're talking about subtle freddy and like how freddy instead of being cartoony he more like kills you in the way of your fears and then you just see like a subtle like one of my fears is drowning and so one way subtle freddy would do it i would be on an island that's continuously shrinking and sinking into the sea and then as i finally die just a little sailboat with like a little one like a toy sailboat with like the red and green sail just kind of like a subtle freddy right yeah and so we were talking about him, like, or he's going to come in, he's going to be, like, this crazy homeless person that, like, t- 
turns into rats and then drags me down into the sewers. <laughs> so, right? So we we're, we were talking about that. So we're so we're already hyped up and talking about our fears and our, our irrational fears. And so we're walking down. We're right outside where the grate is at, yeah. you know. And so well, I'm saying goodbye. I'm giving him a hug, and I look over, and there's this old lady. I think it's a lady. I don't know, but it just, <laughs> still hasn't been confirmed. No, at this it's point. just this person covered in like rags and garb, <laughs> right, with a cane. But the thing is, it's got like a hood on, but you can't see the face. All you see is black shadow, right? I bet I know that person. Yeah, that's. <laughs> It's my cousin. It's cool. Right? And so we're both talking. We both, Regina's like, there's a creepy person over there. And I look and I'm like, bye. Right? And so I don't even check to see if they're okay. I don't even check to see if because we're looking over and she's standing straight and then she just kind of like cocks the head a little bit and all you see is shadow. So I was like, feet don't fail me now. Right? I mean, literally, like I almost jumped in the air and my my feet started Right? I'm like, whoa, Scoop! Right? I hop in my car and I'm out. Now, normally when I get in my car, I like turn on the radio, adjust my seatbelt, light a cigarette, just get everything adjusted. Nope. I mean, boom. I'm already, I don't do that till I'm like three blocks away. That, and I'm looking at my back seat constantly going, no, 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 no. It was bad. It was terrifying. So, yeah. There's, you just left, left everyone there, did No, die? they left too. They're like, bye. I mean, we, we, like roaches when you turn on the light, just poof, just gone. Just it was. Whew. Why is why is for some reason someone just tilting their head out of nowhere? The scariest thing ever. It's, Michael Myers. Yeah, just that way? it's it, just the uh, inhuman. Just like there's, just, it's very unsettling. Well, shit. The other night we were out in the backyard just talking. And we, <laughs> we, number God one, a bat flew around. Number one, and that I bad hate, enough. I we, hate hate. Bats, rats, possums, mice. But we realized across the way, I saw some sort of a weird light in the tree, and I'm like, what the hell is that? And we realized there was someone up in the tree across in our my neighbor's yard with like a flashlight or something up in there. And I mean, it's a long, it's a big ass tree. So we were all like, who were they spying on? We don't know. You didn't call the police on this person? I believe, I probably, it, we, we, we rationalized it where it was just, because well, kids live there. And it was probably just a kid climbing the tree because it was like nine. Right. It wasn't too terrible. Or, t- or a mass murderer planning the mapping everything out. House. Yeah, of course. Maybe. He's, what is, what he's is casing the joint. Tooth fairy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's going to have his Thanks. little map up there. And then when, you know, Graham or whatever the guy that's, you know, dis, you know detecting it, he's going <laughs> to go. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. you're going to be like, is Tamara home? <laughs> is this genius there? Like, no. <laughs> Don't even say it. shit. The other night, twelve thirty in the in the morning, I hear this huge crash, and again, I'm I'm by myself now. Dog starts barking, and I'm like, oh my god, someone has broken into the house. So, I was I used to be trained. Amy tried to train me to sound really mean if anything ever sounded downstairs. So I was going on, motherfucker. So I'm. <laughs> I'm fronting gangster style, basically, to the point where oh I probably had my, my little marshmallow gun, like, who the fuck's down there? And, of course, the dog won't go down. She's, like, pushing me down, like, go ahead, motherfucker, you, you go. Oh, I'm serious. And so I'm inching my way down with my phone, like, 911, ready to go. And sure enough, just, you know, my uh, my poster of John Coltrane fell and shattered. But, oh, my God, there's nothing like being by yourself and hearing some shit. 
and just Why knowing. Why did it fall by itself? Exactly. Just goes to this house. I, no, it's that fucking cat. Of I yours. said it last time. I know, well, and no. I ruined. Great I'm life. I'm convinced it's just. And you know what? If it's a things ghost, aren't haunted. People are haunted. If it's a ghost, it's telling me it's time to redecorate, and I'm totally good with that. If anything, it's I the have, ghost of Tim Gunn. And, Let's make it work. Just make let's it work. Change things down. Then we'll just put up something a little bit. I'm we'll, good with an interior <laughs> decorating. We'll make everything black and pink. What What <laughs> movie did they say that in? That what? people aren't things aren't haunted. People are. Um, is it Insidious? I don't know. I, I think it was that. Insidious. <laughs> I think it was Insidious. Insidious ha- would say that. I mm-hmm. get confused between Insidious and Sinister. Um, Sinister and Sinister all the- is so much better. Is it? I liked Sinister. And I like... Here's the thing. I liked the first three quarters of no Insidious. No one else would agree with me, probably. What, Sinister? Um, I liked, I thought Sinister Insidious. was great. I, I really enjoyed Sinister. I thought the one it was... with Ethan Hawke. Um, what I like about Sinister, not and nothing like about the story itself, but just that... It's like a movie just about the ghost story. Just about the scary part. It's mm-hmm. over. Instead of like every ghost movie is now about uh, hunting the ghost, mm-hmm. finding it. Why is it doing this? I don't like, I don't buy into that. Like, that's just, why once they're doing the like the gas mask and walking through that world in Insidious. Yeah. Like, this is so ridiculous. Yeah. It lost me when they went to the other. The other side. And that's the one the, with the red faced dude, right? The yeah, but the red faced dude was scary as shit, dude. He, What's nice is, he, you know, Juan, James Wan does do like pretty much all practical effects it's nice even his mm-hmm. ghosts are people in makeup they're that not cgi see. floating ridiculous they're tangible things. right yeah. um, and that's what makes them scary but on the opposite i love uh, the conjuring which the con- is ghost hunting but i don't know if i don't know if i can buy it because it's in the 70s and they're using you know like they're not using like computers and all this shit to hunt ghosts like that makes it almost too silly sure so I feel like, but I loved The Conjuring. They're mm-hmm. using the Dewey Decimal System the Warrens, in the, con- in the and that's with um, what's his bucket from and from uh, Farmia from Vermeer from Vermeer from Julia. There we go. It's interesting that she does like smaller horror, and she's in like she's in Scorsese stuff, yeah. And it was Night Owl. Oh yeah, she's in Departed. Yeah. It's weird. That's the one I talked about this with someone the other day. Like that's his one, you know, like Oscar win, Scorsese, Scorsese. But that's my least favorite movie. Of it's his. the we fucked up for a long time. Here's your Oscar. I don't, you know, like I don't get why that one won. Like it's, his movies are all so like I feel like that's the least personal one. There's sure there's so many characters. I like most of his. You know, just focus on one person and mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. personal with them. It's, that's like the one that doesn't. Well, because it's a remake. You know, that's. I think that's why. I think it's a re- it's a remake of Infernal Affairs, I, and this is totally not horror. I don't know you haven't seen it, but did you see Wolf of Wall Street? Yes. What did you think of that? I like it. A lot. It's really it's funny. It was one of the funniest films I'd seen last year, and it's technically not a comedy. It's they would say probably a drama, right? Yeah. But it's shit. I've never laughed my my ass off more in that film. It's fantastic. I need to see it. It's quite good. It's of, quite good. I mean, you can see the like clear theme in all of his films are mostly about like. A man struggling with power mm-hmm. and like the corruption, corruption and the ride that you take, but they're always in the fall. Yes, <laughs> and that's what kills me with Smoth is in terms of, and that's the beauty of film, just in terms of the subjectivity. You can. 
put whatever you want into it, but how so many people think of it as a celebration of that lifestyle. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, are you kidding me? Like, well, yeah, there were major like this is gratuitous with all these all the nudity. I'm like, well, that's what it was. It was like. excess. Like, yeah. We're not... Shit, if I won the lottery, <laughs> and they're, they're saying it's misogynistic and things like that. I'm like, well, take into account like this is a movie set in you know like. About a real dude in the eighties. Oh when God! He's like a millionaire, he's gonna have like naked chicks of around course. him all the time. Jesus Christ! You giving me a million uh, that much money in my early twenties? It's just it's just ignorant to call it misogynistic it's, when like that's the story. It's not right. like we said someone just said out like I'm gonna make a misogynistic movie. Like right. what should it be about? Uh, <laughs> well, don't you think I want to make a movie with nothing but tits? Let's just make a tit movie. What's sad though is I the thing I don't like about the horror community is there are a lot of people like that that mm-hmm. are making films just with tits, mm-hmm. and then it's sad you'll. If you like sit at a table at a convention and you say you're selling movies, I've heard this from other filmmakers. Like people will literally go around and say that. Are there tits in it? And really? They'll, and they'll be like, never mind. Like that's disgusting. Wow. Like, that's that's embarrassing for this community. Yeah. I mean, that's like rapist mentality. If I'm going to be honest, it, like, no, it's very like, br- what? It's very brotastic. It really you is. You don't you don't need tits and you don't need blood to really make an effective horror. I mean, look at me since we started doing Nightmare Junkhead. Look at all the horror movies we saw with like almost no blood at mm-hmm. all, and they're all fantastic. Very scary. Yeah. You know, if it's if it services the story, I can understand. Yeah. But if it doesn't, if it's just too titillate or gratuitous then yeah understood that's that's horrible hearing people just like yeah no that's that's trolling for that uh, see come on guys. like you can the see horror. tits everywhere like grow like Jesus are you Christ, fucking yeah, serious are you, like now listen are you really asking this question the, no. we're in the, every we're, movie we're in the internet age now you don't yeah. even need like just like now keep boop. in mind i was raised in the age where we didn't have the internet so you know what i i'll, I'll I'll be the first to admit I would seek out films like that, but that was at the time when, again, right now on that my was, that was the the like child it was, porn. <laughs> it was it okay. Was that the, wasn't the right way to say it. No, that's, that's how a young boy would go find his right. Porn. It's not. That's <laughs> how the that's Dear the kitty porn. That's the kitty porn of the new. No. First of all, Nightmare Junkies did not condone. Well, thank <laughs> you very much, Jill. Now we're going to be put on a special list on podcasts. <laughs> the, 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 view, the views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily <laughs> go with the views of Greg and Genius. No, oh no, we would, we understand what you're saying. It was yeah. the it was our porn. It was our it, internet when it's we were younger. It's almost amazing that like how does a porn shop like still exist? How do people still produce porn and make money? You can just watch everything on the internet. For free. It's just like well, it's just like you know in terms of piracy and movies and everything. I mean, it's a legit thing. It's it's crushing and changing the way people are producing films. Are and- we pirating porn? I mean, there are sites where it's all. Free. I would assume so, right? <laughs> I that's. Yeah, I already know anything about that. <laughs> now, 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 there's. I read porn. something <laughs> somewhere. Yar, I'm gonna be swab your poop deck here. In a there's porn bay. <laughs> now is it pirate? Yar, I found a treasure trove of titties. <laughs> Me walking the plank now. You're going to spend the David hey, Jones's Hurt Locker. It was actually John Pata who told me, because they were selling Dead Weight, which oh, is like super shit. serious. There's actually, you know, it's like, it's set in a post-apocalyptic world. <laughs> Are there world. any titties? No titties. There's really not even any, barely any blood, but right. he'd be, he was like, that's what everyone asks. And you're wow. like, nope. Sorry. And then do they just, nope, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. They're just, God. That's weird. Honestly, though, that to me is the crowd you do not want necessarily yeah, exactly investing that. in your I film. I just picture Those some people, like I'm like go to a porn convention right, instead. Some like old greasy dude with the shirt open, wearing the gold chains, and like ah, yeah, the titties in your movie. You know, just like those old seventies producing gummy bears. You know, just by the handful. Oh my god, which is exactly what you guys have been doing. Today. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> oh, question: Are there any titties in style? <laughs> 
No titties. Are there any titties in your movie? Next. Any titties in anything I've made. <laughs> Holy! How did that happen? I'm I haven't just... found any reason for nudity. Yet. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily extend into that. Um, that would be the sick side of us. Did consider? <laughs> We're wondering if Tristan should have been naked. Oh God! For... In Call Girl, We're like it just doesn't make sense. No. But what's that's... funny is in the the comic, he. Uh, like at the very end of the comic, he he drew like that her dress is like falling off. So you do like see like oh so there's just, like a like you don't see her boot like just the top of him covered in blood. right. But like it, we should have made her dress fall. It magically fell off while she's attacking Lawrence. Oops. Oops. I don't know what happened. It's part of her <laughs> demonic power. Right, when she changes. To, like, it, that's it what a dude would have done, probably. So probably. Like, no, we're not doing that. Well, that's what's nice, having that female perspective. Um, but she just is the, so... She's, like, so down with nudity and, does, and like, gives no fucks about anything. No, yeah. But I think when she was, like, leaning in the camera, try, like, being all crazy, she was kind of trying to see if one would fall out. <laughs> she did tell me that. <laughs> she's like, we almost got one out. But no, I'm sorry. No, I've totally got to rewatch no that now and just see if like you can just feel almost like come on titty. <laughs> but then I experienced what it was like to have lots of titties in a movie working on Frankenstein bikers. Is it gratuitous um, titties? In like every day, new so many nude people. Did I don't you, even know. Did like, you just become numb to it at the at a certain do, point? You do become numb to it. Um, because I mean, after a while, like just, actresses are just standing there, topless, just talking to you, like in, and just, waiting. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing is like everyone being professional and not oogling. You like, can kind of be funny about it sometimes in mm-hmm. the right situation, but it's easy to feel like. I mean, there's a big crew. You don't like. You have to make sure people like aren't taking pictures. Right. All these kind of right. things. Right. Um, in the social media you age, <laughs> you don't want any pirated porn. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, normally you get everyone out, but it's not needed. Well, it sounds so there's like not just people just standing there like watching and making <laughs> you more uncomfortable. <laughs> just or... just eating gummy bears. Like, yeah. <laughs> this seems awesome. I'm gonna watch this all day. <laughs> there was one day where uh, torture where Ellie's character goes through the fucking mill in this movie. Ellie Church, and um, I don't think I I'm like spoiling her. it that she's pretty like half nude most of the movie, and just getting like going, being like tortured. And one like a whole day of filming was just filming her through all this oh, stuff. Like she's drenched in like fake blood, which is sticky and gross. Nasty. And we had to just keep like literally lubing her up for every shot. Like her like legs are sticking together. Okay, listen, to <laughs> listen. The dude. Okay, Chris Brown, one of the special effects guys on that. Not Chris Brown. Not, oh my god! Not my, not my boy, Chris Brown. <laughs> that, Chris. That Speaking of gangsta, we need to make black and blue. I can help that. No, wrong, Chris Brown. He um oh, actually uses Jesus horse Jesus. lube. Horse wow. lube and to make fake blood. Horse lube. Wow. So we literally would be like, give, so you, give the horse lube. We so need. You, <laughs> you had a Jesus. horse lube wrangler. That's we amazing. Have, <laughs> we all have. Very dear memories talking about horse lube every day and wow. lubing Ellie up for the next oh shot. Bring more, more horse lube. Oh, that day, man. I actually <laughs> felt bad throughout the day. Like I really felt like this really feels like we're actually torturing someone. Oh no! Theoretically, and you are if she's covered in like horse lube all day. It's like all. It just felt weird. Like I was, I was the only female on set. It's all dudes behind the camera. She's going through all this pretty much naked. And it's all day. It's just like, it really started to feel just not 
just bad. You yeah, you <laughs> eight millimeter. Just like oh my god, what am I watching? How did she? Oh, and we it? had we had giant cockroaches on set that day, like that someone owned. They were like those like ones giant like, hissing like, ones. Those huge ones. You like mm-hmm. die. Yeah, <laughs> like that you can like pet them. I'm okay with bugs, but it's like the creepy, the scurry, critty crawlers, the little fuzzy yeah. ones. I'm okay with bugs. To me. Crunchy things like those things are creep me out. With the, flo- with the fluffy like fortune cookie? Oh uh, <laughs> no, I won't do no. Well, but I pet one. I was proud of myself. Yeah, yeah. overcoming like, oh, the fear, man. Cute. That's, that's I ain't want, told I, you. I, I don't want to crawl on me though. Right. The feeling of like the no. Did I tell you that every time somebody like with a pet rat put a rat on my shoulder? <gasps> Yeah, I love rats. I hate rats. I hate rats. I'm gonna introduce I, you to a rat. You'll change your mind. You oh know wait, it. apparently not. If you put that on your like, shoulder, they're like, "Hey, you want to see my pet?" And I'm like, "Yo, what you got there?" Like, His name is Fuzzy, and I'm like, "Okay, cool." I'm thinking it's a little dog. Puts it up, puts <laughs> oh, it on no. my shoulder, and I'm like, "Get this goddamn rat off of me right now!" I'm like, "If you value your pet life, if you value your pet's life, you will get this thing off, or I will throw it on the ground and stomp on it right now. Please get it off me. I'm about to piss." And like, I'm like, what's the matter? And I'm like, "He's about to nibble my ear." No, oh, it was bad. How long bad. ago was that? <sighs> this was my going to um, Westport Coffee House days. So I was maybe about like 19, 20. So that was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, you've been consistent. Yeah. Well, we had a rat in frankenstein created bikers and we went we went and picked up a pet rat that day we got two rats and we're like trying to find rats that look like you know like a street, street rat, rat. And they're street all like rats. white and poke like black dogs and all right. cute we're like we actually find, finally found a brown one and i'm thinking i wouldn't like rats i wasn't scared of them but i didn't think i would like think they're enamored with them and we just, i don't even know if a shot made it in the movie honestly but like we just got to get the shot of it like scurrying across this thing up close <sighs> And I have a sh- like a picture on my phone of it, just like right, like peering around, like right by the slate. <laughs> it looks so cute. But I named it Pat the Rat after Pat Benatar. And of course, why I, not? I'm making this. I like <laughs> fell in love with this rat. I was like, "Who's taking this rat? It needs to be taken care of now." Who took the rat? Um, our makeup artist Manda, who had lots of pet rats in her day oh, apparently shit. so um, it went this, to a good home this is the cutest thing in the world i can't wait to show you pictures genius <laughs> yeah that's i no, pictured no, me like holding it and like kissing it i'm pretty sure nuzzling it another story um well, i was working at the haunted houses back in the day i was working at the beast and i'm like hey we're gonna go a part of this dude's house and i'm like all right cool i like parties rat dude Rat dude. That's what I was from thinking of, yeah. It was the rat dude from the edge of hell, and I didn't know, oh, so we no. went over there and wait, he... No, no. Wait, we need to tell the people yeah, who any, it is. Anyone outside of the Kansas City area, uh, really good um, haunted house uh, scene, if you will, in the Kansas City area, but there's this guy who has been... A, my God, I mean... He's a, he's there a, since a, I was like... Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a haunted a house institution. Like at least... Yeah. 17 years or something. And yeah. he roams the lines uh-huh. and he basically has his little pet rat and he puts, puts the it rat in, in his the mouth. mouth and he's got one in his pocket. There's all these, he's got like four or five rats on him at all times. And time. it's just one of those that you, you've you grown to. It's he just, looks kind of like Beetlejuice. Yeah, he looks like a weird yeah, Beetlejuice because he's like an undertaker yeah, yeah, sunken eyes. But I mean, if you've hair. been to a haunted house, you expect you to see him. Right. It's just I'm, like breathing. Whenever I would see him in the haunted, on the line, I wouldn't call myself out like, ah, you know, I would always like move to the other side. So Yeah, be cool. Play cool, man. Then he won't know 
fuck with me. Stare exactly. Once they know you're scared, they're, they're gonna like, fuck with you. Oh, that because that's guy. what I did. Because when I worked at the haunted house and if someone, I scared somebody, I fucked with them on the consistent, right? But anyway, so like we're going to the party, so oh, we're consistent. consistent. So we go to this party, and I, and the, it's the rat guy. I didn't recognize him without like his makeup because none of us are in makeup. Sure, it's over, right? And so he goes, hey, man, I'm going to feed my pets. And I'm like, okay, cool. So we're all sitting on the floor, like, partaking and just, like, and drinking. And having right. fun. And he, he goes over, and there's this whole enormous, like, shelf, which basically, like, the size of your the wall behind it, mm-hmm. and that tall. And he opens it up, and there's these cages filled with rats. There's, like, about, like... <laughs> There's like about 50 rats in all these different cages, and it's like he made it like a habitat so they can all run around and scurry and all that. Great environment. And I'm sitting there like, I'm just, I'm frozen in fear. My mouth is all twisted, like one of those J horror movies where it's like, right? And I go, I'm done. I gotta go home. I'm like what? I'm like, uh, I I got a long day tomorrow. I I need to go. I'm like, oh wait, we're gonna feed. We're all gonna grab. I'm like, I gotta go right now and so yeah so you had a okay god so you, did, so you didn't want to let them know about the fear no right? i think they, they could, would have attacked you i think with they the could right i tried to play it cool but i think like i was just like oh god i think like i just <laughs> leered back and my face just like and so yeah i went home that's horrid and then like dude we partied for about three more hours i'm like i i'm nope 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 no, I love to party as much as the next person, but not with rats. Not with 50 fucking rats in my face. No. That's a man with conviction right there. Because you are a partier. Yeah. And so for you to actually weigh that shit out and go, nope, nope, nope. There was no weighing about it. That was like, bye. You know? <laughs> right? Jesus Christ. That's no. horrid. Ugh. That ugh, is horrible. Ugh. Ugh. I'm just the, the only the only logical step would have made it worse. Like, hey, we're gonna go party down in the sewers. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> I'm gonna get naked with the rats. <laughs> right? You're gonna go play night crawlers. I'm like, nope, nope. Holy no. shit, man. Well, no. Rounding that about with all of our personal fears and everything in between, Jill. Thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate it. All hail the, 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 goth, the goth gangster princess. The goth gangster princess here in Kansas City. So again, where can they find you out on the social media? A handful of them. The, the important <laughs> the, ones. The main ones. Wait, go to sixtape.com and watch go. my stuff. And there's links to everything there, but Perfect. at sixtape, at Jill Six. Excellent. The stylist film. And when and where is Slaughter? Slaughter is Monday, June 6th at Screenland Armor. I'm like, what am I? I don't know what I'm saying as I say it. Yes, that's where it is. For <laughs> We're we, confirming it. We it's do good. always do first Monday of the month, but for July, it's 4th of July. So we might do second Monday. Makes sense. Just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you'll have a big turnout. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck fireworks. Let's watch a horror movie. I do anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, I know, that sounds like my normal 4th of July. Right. All right. Well, thank you again, Jill. So I guess uh, until next week, genius, anything for you? <laughs> uh, yeah. Hold oh, on. Hold on. Yeah, he's going to, oh, of course, we have to have the intro and outro. We keep it consistent, if anything, here on the show. Wait, <laughs> everyone go buy things on my shop. Sixtape.com. Yeah, There's that's a link. right. I got and posters, shirts, the, buttons, the atomic cotton design, which is fantastic. Which I actually saw someone on Twitter actually had in their profile 
They and had, she made it like a four, like yeah. that Warhol look. It was thing. great. I was like, that's awesome. That's yeah. rad. I love seeing that kind of shit. People love them. They're princess, man. Well, you know, when you're a goth I got to change the name of that shirt to the goth gangsta princess shirt. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, we got to yeah, talk that's to. That's a long title. It's just, just it's, you, just like <laughs> like the Biggie Smalls one. Oh, yeah, just, we got to make. Oh, so we're the, making another shirt mm-hmm. where I'm a goth gangsta. Yeah, and it's we only going to be black and pink. That's it. <laughs> God damn, I'm That's sorry. Fucking, yeah. I fucking hate neon pink and black. <laughs> what you didn't hear and what you didn't a see. message to Hot Topic. <laughs> women want more than hot pink and black. And okay. Jill will cut a bitch yes, if she, she gets around the hot pink and black. <laughs> straight up. Which actually, let's face it, could be fun. Mm-hmm. You know. So is, is it loading up there, man? Good lord. Let's roll out on this one. Oh. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee, motherfucker. And we will see you up in your dreams. Biggie, the air dynamic.